Hello and welcome to the Meg Method podcast. My name is Meg Walker and I help people find a better connection to themselves through fitness, mindfulness and breath work. I've helped coach thousands of people over the years and the aim of this podcast is to help you to improve your mindset, empower you with actionable advice so you can take ownership over your health and to educate you on the many different aspects of health from fitness to behavioral change. If you want to work with me, you can learn more about my coaching at themegmethod.com. Thank you for listening and welcome to the podcast. You are just who we were missing. Best advice you've ever been given? Goodness me. I d- again, boring answer. I don't know if I could narrow it down to one piece of advice because I've had some incredible, incredible mentors over the year and they've all taught me so much. But what I will say is one sentence that absolutely has changed my life. Um, I talked about it recently on the podcast is this will also change. Really understanding in myself the law of impermanence and that the one thing that we can count on is that this will also change. Things are always changing and how to observe and sit with that and accept that has been life-changing for me. So yeah, not necessarily a piece of advice, but a sentence is this will also change. Other question, is it better to run on a treadmill or outdoors? Frustrating answer, it depends. It really does depend on so many different factors there. So for example, in the UK, it's getting dark earlier right now. So you're waking up in the dark, often going home in the dark. So it might not be safe for you to run outside. So in that instance, then yeah, if you've got, if you want to get some walking or running in and you don't want to be out in the dark, then yeah, treadmill absolutely would be the best option for you in that case. If you are wanting to build up like kind of conditioning and you want to push yourself, a treadmill can also be good for that, right? Because you are, you can set the speeds and you're going to have to run and keep up with the treadmill. So that's going to be important as well. If you get, if you're someone though who gets bored really easy, treadmill will not be for you. And also the treadmill can be a continuous like flat surface. It doesn't necessarily give you the same undulations that you would find on the pavement and different textures. So sometimes running on the treadmill at a slight gradient can be helpful for that. Also like getting outdoors, getting some daylight can be hugely beneficial for you. So it depends is the answer to that. Like, what do you want? What do you want to get better at as well is an important question. If you want to be running a marathon and it's got a certain type of terrain, if you want to be prepared for that, you're going to have to run and practice on different types of terrains. If you want to build up speed you need to be making sure that in your sessions you're really working on speed and pushing that so if you know that if you run outside you kind of don't really push yourself a treadmill and setting it to a certain speed might help with that so yeah work out what you want to get better at and also like what environment do you need right now uh, will help with that so like it depends is the answer um if i can help with that if you want to send me information and be more specific then we can definitely have a chat about that. (laughs) Next question. Are you a cat person or a dog person? I would have to say both because I have a cat, um, the ginger ninja called Reggie. And then we also have Teddy, who is a cockapoo. It's a dog. So yeah, 
for uh, for the love of my pets I will say both how do you manage stress well I personally think this is a big question that I would love to give more detail on than I can give in this episode amongst other questions so at some point I will definitely expand on this and maybe do an episode on it but for now some useful tools that I personally have in my own toolbox uh, that help me manage stress and that I've helped my clients with are breath work yoga meditation I think time management is important quite often we feel stressed because like oh I have so much to do and actually it's not it's not the quantity it's the quality right we're just not actually very good at managing our time well so time management I think is very important with stress knowing where to place your energy and placing it in the correct ways is something I work on with my clients a lot. Uh, Self-reflection, I think is important. First of all, like notice, a lot of people don't even notice their stress or how stress turns up in their body and how, or how they deal with stress in their minds. I think self-reflection is really important. Knowing when you're stressed, knowing what makes you stressed, knowing what helps you come out of it. Uh, Sleep is hugely important. Um, lack of sleep is, has huge impacts on our body and our mind, our, our food choices. Um, so sleep, I think is hugely important and routine is really helpful as well. That helps you stay consistent. It also, you're not in this place of unknown, right? You know, what's coming up, you know, how to manage yourself better. It helps you being in that fight or flight area as well. So yeah, they're all activities that help me regulate myself. They've had big impact on my clients as well. And they all help me come back to my body as well, which I think is really important when you are in a state of stress. Next question. Were you always a good runner? (laughs) No, definitely not. Genuinely, I couldn't even run to the end of the road when I first started without stopping or being out of breath. That is a genuine true story. But like with anything, if you practice and stay consistent, then you can really surprise yourself and get very far. I'm always trying to keep learning how my body works, like how my body works, not anyone else's, how my body works for me. Um, And if you can have an understanding that, you'll be amazed about what you can achieve and what your body can do. And I still wouldn't say I'm an excellent runner. I'm certainly never going to be the fastest. I don't ever show up at a race planning that I'm going to win it. But I, what I am proud of and what I'm quite confident in is my ability to endure. Like I, I'm quite confident that I could often be the last person standing. I'm, I've built up a real resilience um, and threshold for training. So I wasn't always a good runner, but I've practiced and practiced and practiced. And I'm a lot better than I, when I was before. And I know my body a lot better and I know how to get the best out of it. And my coach, Dan Reeves, he's been incredibly helpful as well in helping me get to understand. Because we all have biases, right? We all have biases that we fall into or blind spots. That's why I think it's so important that everyone, if they can, should have a coach. Someone who can see things that you're not seeing and also push you and get the best out of you. So thank you, Dan. You know how much I appreciate you. And yeah, and but at the end of the day, like he can help me show my blind spots and he can help push me, but I've got to be the one doing the work. So it's just practice, keep showing up and keep iterating and perfecting. How do you work out your values? Well, it all starts with asking yourself the important question of what is most important to me right now? What do I value the most? 
Um, and I actually have a worksheet that is really helpful for this and that helps you narrow down your values. So if you want that, please send me a message and I will give you a copy. So my details are in the show notes. So yeah, but if you need to ask yourself what is most important to me. And then you want to make sure that your actions are in line with those values. But yeah, if you want help, send me a message and I will help you with that. Will your live meditations and or breathwork sessions be coming back? Well, that all depends on you. Would you like my live breathwork or meditation sessions to come back? I love doing them. The feedback was wonderful last time. So if you're listening to this and you would like them back, then yeah, please send me a message and let me know because I really do value and appreciate your feedback. And that helps me create more content and to coach you better knowing what you enjoy, what brings the best out of you. I need to know these things. So yes, yeah, send me a message. You can email meg at themegmethod.com or at megmethod on Instagram. They are both below. So yeah, let me know if you would like live meditation or breath work. And also please let me know how have these helped you and what form do you prefer? So give me this information and I will see what I can do. But I love doing them. I love doing these sessions. So if you want them back, let me know and we will make something happen. How do you stop being needy? Ooh, this is an interesting one. So first of all, I think it's important to understand that it is okay to have needs. That is a natural human thing and you're not a bad person for having needs. Maslow's hierarchy of needs is a really good one to look at. But what I find is actually having needs is not the problem. Often the problem arises in how we express those needs So like neediness comes from believing that someone else can meet your needs. Essentially, if you're, if if you're feeling needy, there is a need not being met somewhere there. So the first thing you want to do is identify what that need is, like what actually do you need? And is it a need or is it something that you want to mask the thing that you really need? So that's a big one. What do you need? And is it a need? Or do you want something to mask the thing that you really need? And that's going to take some self-reflection and a willingness to be uncomfortable to sit and work that out. And if it is a need, is it a need that can actually be fulfilled by yourself? Or do you need help from someone else to fulfill that need? And are you expecting one other person to be the answer to all your needs? I think that's a another common problem that can come up is expecting your partner or some other person to be able to fulfill every need that you have. That's just not possible because one person can't be the answer for everything. So then it's like asking yourself questions like, is that person capable of fulfilling that need? First of all, are you communicating your need clearly to them? How are you communicating it to them? Is that it? Are you speaking in a language that they can understand? That's why it's important to really understand yourself, what you truly need first. Because if you don't fully understand what you need, how can we expect someone else to understand what we need? And I, I find that genuinely is a big part of the problem that we don't fully understand what we need and then we're expecting others to know. And also, there comes a point where you have to accept that maybe that that person cannot fulfill that particular need, whether that's because they 
don't understand that need. Maybe they are not capable of fulfilling that need at this time. Um, But also it's understanding that different people bring different, fulfill different things in our life. So for example, if you want to come home and like deload and talk to your partner after work about how stressful work is, they might not be in a place to be able to fulfill that need right now. But is there someone else like a friend that you could speak to and share those thoughts with? So yeah, understanding what your needs are. Is it a need? Is it what you really need? Or is it a want that's masking something that you really need? And then if you do have a need of someone else, making sure first and foremost that you're communicating that clearly, but also accepting that maybe they are not the right person right now or in the long term to fulfill that need for you, but maybe someone else can. Who inspires you? That is a big question. Simple answer, anyone who is trying their best. And your best might look different to other people's, but if you are showing up and you are trying your best, I genuinely find that so inspiring. Like life is hard and all you can do is show up and try your best. That's all that people can ask. And that motivates me so much. I say this a lot to my clients, like in martial arts, that the only difference between a white belt and a black belt is the black belt started earlier and they didn't give up. They kept showing up and trying their best. And those efforts have compounded over the years and they've moved up from belt to belt. So the only difference between a white belt and a black belt is the black belt started earlier and they kept showing up. That inspires me, that that thought. So yeah, anyone trying their best inspires me. Do you have any celebrity idols? I don't know if you'd class them as celebrities. I find that word weird. But absolutely, I have people that have hugely, that I hugely admire and look up to based on their expertise and how they show up in the world. Uh, One of the main ones is Maya Angelou. Oh my goodness, I've been so inspired over the years by how she's shown up in the world, her grace, her humor, her sense of adventure. And I've been so deeply moved with her writing. Her writing, especially being dyslexic, is something that I've been really challenged by over the years. And I've been really moved by her writing. And that's inspired me to kind of find my own voice within my writing. And yeah, I've just been moved by how she's shown up in the world. So I'd say Maya Angelou is a huge. So I don't know if I call it celebrity, but that was a huge idol of mine. Um, how to encourage a family member to improve their health? Simple answer, lead by example. Like you can't, unfortunately, no matter how much you wish, you can't change someone. You cannot make someone else do anything and it is not your job to make them do anything. But if you want to inspire someone into change, and you want them to follow you, then you need to be leading them. So offer them kindness, be encouraging with your words and actions. And yeah, maybe if they ask for it directly, maybe even offer them some help if you are in the position and have the expertise to do so. But the best thing you can possibly do is live by example. Live by your own values, make your own health your priority, and you'll be amazed by how many other people you inspire just by an impact, just by showing up 
authentically as yourself and trying your best. Like you never know who is paying attention to you. So lead, if you want to encourage someone else to improve their health, lead by example. Could you recommend any food that foods that are high in protein, but low carb for a vegetarian diet? Yeah, there's loads. Eggs, tofu, tempeh, uh, you've got like cottage cheese, you've got, uh, there's lots of high protein yogurt, soy, edamame, you've got nuts. But again, like some of these food, you, you were asking specifically for low carb, um, like nuts are high in fat, but beware, like they'll be definitely high on the calorie end, but loads of different foods out there. And if you are wanting to supplement, then there's also some good protein powders out there as well. A good way to get your protein in like, intake up I think a lot of people are focusing like gosh I've got to get so many different types of protein sometimes it's just having like a few sources that you get like a bigger portion of that's that's a good way to start and what I find is when you look at your meals start with the protein first and and build around it if you need help with this again send me a message if you've got any specific questions and I will answer them any tips for holding boundaries well I'm certainly <laughs> not an expert and yeah boundaries are difficult I commend anyone putting them in place because it takes courage to do so especially in a world that likes to push us past our limits you know the world often doesn't have a lot of boundaries so yeah just even putting boundaries in place takes a lot of courage so my respect and just know that like that initial discomfort won't last forever. I personally believe it's better to live a uncomfortable truth than an comfortable lie is what I believe. And it's important to understand that as adults, we have autonomy. Like we are responsible for our behavior and our actions. And yes, we can definitely understand other pe- why other people might be behaving now a, a certain way but it doesn't mean that you have to be the subject of that behavior so boundaries are important and as a recovering people pleaser this is definitely something I'm still working on uh, continuously uh, but I think again I think it's like asking like why knowing yourself and your values is really important because it helps remind you what you are protecting what you are keeping safe. And when things are difficult, it's important to know your why, to let you know, like, this is why I'm doing it. This is why I'm important. This is why I'm doing this uncomfortable thing. And I also think it's important to know why boundaries are important. Building trust in yourself is not just through like big occasions. It's the best way to build trust in yourself is actually keeping little promises to yourself. So, and understanding that it's okay to say no or show up differently. It doesn't make you a terrible person. Knowing your boundaries and keeping them and keeping these little promises to yourself helps build trust in yourself. And it's one of the best ways you can show yourself self-respect. And also reminding yourself that boundaries are positive. It doesn't mean like the boundary is going to ruin a relationship, but actually boundaries are one of the best things you can do for a relationship because they're going to help improve the relationship. It's going to help you communicate better for yourself and the person that you're in a relationship with. Practical tips. I think it's important practicing what you want to say to someone beforehand, because obviously in the moment, um, it, that can be really difficult. You can feel panicked. You might forget. It might come out wrong. So yeah, practicing what you want to say first can really help. And it can help you communicate more clearly um, in the future when you have that conversation. 
uh, because it is overwhelming in the more, more uh, in the moment sorry uh next question i know what i need to do to improve my health but i can't seem to action it any advice yes a few tips stop waiting for motivation we very often like i have a whole ep- podcast episode on this so it's uh, go back and listen to that but motivation often isn't there when we start it comes after action and so therefore to to start we want to make actioning these things as easy as possible so make it simple make it possible for you to start and that can help by having things that I call nudges so that could be like putting your gym kit out the night before so when you get up and you're feeling tired and you can't be bothered the clothes are already there like just put them on and it's simpler um for example, if you don't really feel like the gym, you're like, oh, I don't really have an hour to spend, go to the gym for five minutes. I've said that to clients before and they look at me like I've gone crazy. They're like, what? That's ridiculous. Like, no, genuinely, it's not a trick question. Like if if you're not really feeling too up to it, go to the gym for five minutes. And after five minutes, if you want to go home, go home. How often do you think people just stay for five minutes? Like, no, they get started and then they're like, okay, well, I'm here now. Like I might as well do it. And they feel better for doing it. Obviously, if you are sick, that's completely different. You need to be giving your body that rest, looking after yourself. But yeah, so to improve your health and you can't seem to action it, my advice is stop waiting for motivation. Like you want to get started and know that motivation usually will come after that and make action it easy build habits for example if you want to drink more water if you know every morning you're going to get out of bed and then you're going to go say brush your teeth have a the night before fill up a glass of water or a bottle of water and put that on your bed so that when you get up in the morning something you always do you're then going to have that drink of water make sure that you start your day with um, a big intake of water before then you go do the thing that you always do brush your teeth and help sandwich that habit can help as well. If people don't make an effort consistently, are they no longer your people? Um, I don't think it needs to be that cutthroat necessarily, right? I don't think it necessarily means to be like, oh, they're not my person anymore, so I'm going to cut them out. But certainly you want to look at how much energy you're spending on that person. I think it's important to understand that like we have different people in our lives that serve different purposes. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like that person is showing up. Uh, I think that, yeah, that's where the upset comes because someone is showing up. They're not showing up how you want them to show up. So that might just mean some communication of saying them to them, hey, like again, like going back to needs, right? Expressing a need, maybe they are a good person, a good friend, but they're not showing up in this area in the way you want them to. And maybe clear communication can clear that up. Or maybe, as I say, they're not capable of showing up in the way that you want them to. And part of that is accepting that, yeah, people have different purposes in our life. You might have a friend that is like always busy and you can't really rely on like they're so wishy-washy with times keeping up with dates and things so you wouldn't be able to trust them to make schedule plans however when you go out with them they are always so present and you had the best time they're so funny so it's knowing like is that a person you could rely on to turn up 
to a important life highlight or to be there for you to babysit or to go to a concert with that you've booked six months in advance. Like, no, (laughs) they maybe are not capable of showing up in that way. Um, But you'll have another friend that will is great for that. However, if you are, it's a Friday night, you don't really have much to do and you want a chance giving them a call and they invite you out and you had the best time ever. Like they are a great person for that. So yeah, I think it's looking at how much energy you're spending on someone. Like if you need them to show up in a certain way and they're not doing that, then I think you need to accept that they can't show up for you in the way that you want them to show up. And you've got to decide how much energy you want to spend on that. Like, is there other people in your life that can fulfill that for you? But like, do they bring stuff into your life in other ways that still bring value? You know, do they make you laugh? Are they fun to go out with? How do you know if someone is a real friend or foe? Mm, Big question. I would say trust their behavior. Behavior is how a person conducts themselves. And trust is built over time, right? We discussed that earlier. So observe their behavior over time, not only with their interactions with you, but their interactions with others. I think how people interact with others can say a lot about them so for example someone could always be lovely to me but if we go out and they're always rude to the people serving us like they're not that's we're not going to have longevity in our friendship that's that's not going to work you know that's they're not my kind of person but now if someone if I if someone's usually lovely to me and lovely to everyone else and they were rude once like we we can all have our bad days and we sometimes don't show up how how we want to there's usually like a reason for that that's different So I would say observe their behavior over time. Is there a pattern? Can you trust them based on how they keep showing up? And I think that will show you whether they are a friend or a foe. Okay, next question. Is there any difference between exhaling through our nose or mouth? Yes, there is a big difference. So mouth breathing might help us breathe in a greater quantity of air, but it doesn't help us bring in a greater quality. So Breathing through your mouth because it's a wider space often leads to over breathing, which is not good. That can add significant stress to our body, which is why over breathing can be linked to things like anxiety, asthma, allergies. And so even though nasal breathing is actually can be like harder because there's more resistance there, that resistance actually helps us extract 20% more oxygen from the air. So people tend to favor mouth breathing because it's a wider space or maybe they have a nasal blockage, but nasal breathing allows us to bring in a greater quality of air than mouth breathing does. What breath work do you advise to control my emotions and help them from feeling flustered? There's lots of activities you can do. Essentially, like if you are constantly feeling like kind of this high anxiety, it might, you may, uh, you've probably in that sympathetic state. So we have an autonomic nervous system. We've got sympathetic and we've got parasympathetic. So sympathetic is like our stress response, that fight or flight. And that's where we fall into when we've got these anxious periods. So what we want to do is we want to turn on our parasympathetic nervous system, which is our digest and rest response. And we can do this with slow, deep breathing. Now, one of my most accessible exercises I teach is small breath holds. So that's where you, you want to be like sitting down or standing up, but just in a safe place to do so. You want to take a slow, deep breath in 
a slow, deep breath out. And then you're going to hold your nose for five seconds. And then when you let go, you're going to breathe in. Breathing in allows you to send that nitric oxide that's pulled in your nose down into your lungs. And that nitric oxide, along with carbon dioxide, helps open up those lungs. And then you're going to breathe out. So slow, deep breath in, slow, deep breath out. Then hold your nose for five seconds, then breathe in and then breathe normally for 10 seconds. If five seconds feels too much for you, then start with a more accessible number like three seconds. So that's one of the, a good place to start. Also, it, you, if you are truly concentrating, you can't think two thoughts at one time. So if you're concentrating on your breath, you're not going to be concentrating the same on the anxiety. Also, slow, deep breathing. So breathe, trying to slow down your breath and trying to make it nice and gentle and deep. When I say deep, a lot of people think big, right? So they think oh, like big gasping, like deep just means actually sending it, really concentrating on sending that deep down into your lungs rather than taking a bigger breath. So slowly, gently, and deeply. Um, if you want any help with that, send me a message. And I also have lots of breath work videos on my Instagram. And final question, how are you? Very nice of you to ask. Um, I am well, thank you. I have been unwell, unfortunately, since I got back from Chicago. I've been quite poorly, but I have been taking it very seriously. I have been resting up. I've been doing my breathing and getting my stress levels down. I've been working on my sleep. I've been making sure that I am fueling myself well and with highly nutritious foods. So I've been doing all the right things and I'm feeling a lot better. And what it has shown me is like how grateful I am for my health. I think health is something we can very easily take for granted until our health's not good, right? And then suddenly, I before I went to Chicago, I, I have a lot of things that I need to get done. I'm very busy. I was feeling quite overwhelmed and I, I don't have time to stop. I've just got to get all of these things done. All of this stuff is still true. I still have a lot of things to do. But you know what? As soon as I didn't have my health and I was unwell, none of that stuff really mattered anymore. All of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? All that matters to me is feeling healthier again right now. And the other stuff I will get done and I will do it well. But right now, I just I, all I want is to be healthy again. So it's very humbling when you get sick to realize the importance of health and feeling good and feeling better, which is why I do what I do and go out of my way to help other people feel as healthy and as good as they can. Because really, when you uh, don't have your health, very few other things matter. So yeah, I want to finish on gratitude, a point of gratitude for my health and gratitude for you for tuning into this episode and listening to what I have to say still blows my mind. And thank you so much to anyone who's taken the time and energy to ask questions. It means the world. If you have further questions or if any of the things I've mentioned, you want further support or you've got a question that needs more of an understanding, you need to be more specific, please do send me a message. The contact details are in the show notes below. So yeah, be kind, try your best, big love. Thank you so much for listening to the Meg Method podcast. If you want to learn more about my coaching and access some free coaching resources, 
please visit my website, themegmethod.com or send me a message at themegmethod on Instagram. I would love to learn to know you. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, I would be so grateful if you could please share the love forward. You can show your support in three simple ways. You could please subscribe by clicking the follow button on your favorite podcast platform or YouTube. You could send details of my coaching to a loved one or you could share this episode with others by tagging me in your social media stories at The Meg Method. Just see the show notes for more details. And if you're feeling extra kind, it would make my day if you could please leave a review. Thank you to my legendary podcast team, Brooklyn Fraser and Alicia Navarro. Your hard work and expertise is always appreciated. Thank you again for listening. Have an excellent day. Try your best. Be kind. Big love.